Uh, greetings, friends. It's Chapo, Monday, April 25th, and uh, we're back again. Uh, today, we are returning to uh, you know a, a topic, a, a thread that runs throughout the, uh, the course of our show. That's right. We're back at the movies, but we're talking about religion, God at the movies. And today, we are, we are, we are considering a film that asks the important questions about man, faith, his relationship to God, and why, why does the Almighty give his most brutal car accidents and incurable diseases to his strongest soldiers? That's right. Hello, Mudda. Hello, Fada Stew. We're talking about Mark, the Mark Wahlberg masterpiece, Father Stew. Hello, Mudda. Hello, Fada. Here I am at Camp Torquemada. The Catholic Church is at the movies, folks. And I'll say just right off the bat, say what you will about the Catholic Church. They make better movies than evangelicals. No, they Joining don't. us for the no, it's got no. Me- <laughs> I, I'm gonna have to disagree with you there. <laughs> Joining us for this discussion into faith and the cinema is, of course. Matt and Felix, as always, but joining us today, the Pot About List boys. How's it going, gang? Hi. Hi. It's good. I'm 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 feeling uh, I'm feeling full of belief. I'm ready. Mm-hmm. This movie taught me, uh, you know, what happens when you risk it all for a thick Latina. <laughs> yeah, I have a lot of I have a lot of comments on this movie, but first, I'm going to take issue with the idea that Catholics make better movies than evangelicals. Evangelicals are always trying to make one of two movies. They're either trying to make Armageddon or they're trying to make You've Got Mail. Like they're trying to make a meet cute <laughs> romantic comedy about two people avoiding hell or they're trying to save the world. Catholics have some like artsy bullshit thing in them where they're trying to make like You Can Count on Me or some other early 2000s indie boom film starring Mark Ruffalo. This the last quarter of this movie was excruciating. It was, it was essentially brutal. it was essentially a whisper core indie film about a man with Catholic ALS who <laughs> <laughs> the longest last five years of his life ever. Um, I've never seen a worse advertisement for Catholicism for Mark Wahlberg. Mark Wahlberg and his thick Latina co-star, they had the chemistry of a Grubhub driver and a doorman who don't share a common <laughs> This was a wretched film, and uh, I will be awarding the titles of Wardens of the Faith to the Protestants. This. <laughs> uh, okay. I, I understand what you mean, Felix. This was, this was a, a, a chore to get through. Uh, but also, Catholics, they will put some swear words. They'll put some spice mm-hmm. in. I give them that mm-hmm. at least. It was a it was a, a complete chore, but luckily me and Cameron saw it at AMC. So uh, Ryan Reynolds' Aviation Gin got us through the, oh, the yeah. brunt of the first half of the movie. I saw this with my mom at a uh, at a Cineplex. I think it was called Cinemark. Um, I had one Voodoo Ranger, and then I fell asleep. <laughs> <laughs> well, that that is how they intend you to see this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you um, either yeah you either have to be be drinking or a hundred years old to <laughs> yeah, truly. Yeah. Enjoy it to the fullest. Either way, you will be nodding off um, in the theater. Uh, I disagree. I give this movie five bags of communion wafers. It was a journey <laughs> of faith and suffering that, you know, like the, the message in the movie is that suffering brings you closer to Jesus Christ. And watching the movie certainly brought us all closer to God. 
But you know, this it's is true. It really it, it makes you feel it. It's like just being there and listening to him. Yeah, know what Christ's torments of the cross were like. I mean, yeah, walking out of that theater, I definitely felt like I was two hours closer to heaven for sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is a obviously a very personal movie for Mark Wahlberg. It's it's you know it's it's a great platform to launch the Hallow app, the Catholic meditation app that you can download on your phone and get you know daily devotionals from uh, Mark Wahlberg. Um, that will that will definitely bring you closer to God, as well seeing this movie. Uh, just okay. Also featured in this movie is, of course, Mel Gibson. You know, probably probably Hollywood's most famous Catholic. And you know, this movie—I don't know if you guys know this or not—is directed and written by Mel Gibson's girlfriend. Yes. Oh, really? Oh my. Yep. God. Damn. So, so this is like you know these these are two prominent men of the Catholic faith who have you know. Suffered, suffered, you know, like they've, they've suffered the anguishes of like the, this fallen world of sin. Uh, they've been punished. They've been brought low. Uh, Mark Wahlberg um, for blinding that Vietnamese man and Mel Gibson for the ard by a pack of ends phone call. But, you know, like no matter where, no matter how low you fall, you're never far from God's grace. As as Father Stu says in the moment in the movie, you know, like you don't need a prison guard's approval to, to talk to God. He'll always pick up the phone. Well, I think like, you know, yeah, the redemption is in and of the movie itself. Uh, Mel Gibson's girlfriend, now, instead of that awful thing he said on the phone call all those years ago, his girlfriend is helped by a wild pack of key grips. (laughs) (laughs) See how things can change? (laughs) Let's let's dive into the film itself, because, okay, I don't don't know how you guys felt, but I I thought thought it was... I thought it was very brave. Well, I'm just saying, like, very brave of Mark Wahlberg to face his biggest fear, becoming fat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he he goes. Oh, I, I gotta say, he goes the raging bull route at the end of this movie. Uh-huh. That was that was really his uh, soft. Really, I assumed there was a fat I, suit. Uh, no, I, I mean, thought well, they I mean, white clumped his ass. It, yeah, it looks like a like prosthetics. It, I'm, like, I'm talking about. Wait, wait. The scene where he's on the toilet, and, like can't take a shit, like with the his, his, his man boobs and his just his flabby. I'm, I'm body. Like, like, like prosthetics. That neck thing he had. Like, okay, they, the neck. It seemed thing. like they put padding. They and always they definitely fuck up the gave neck. him fat fingers yeah. at the end. It, yeah, his face. It literally. It looks like uh, he got stung by a bee when you when mm-hmm. you first like. Yeah, when he's when he's first walking around with the crutches. Me and Cameron were really losing our minds at just how fat they decided to make it was it for crazy. no reason. We were talking about it like it's not like you know if the real guy got fat or whatever. It's not like anybody would watch that movie and be like, "Well, he's not fat enough at the end. This isn't realistic." <laughs> yeah, we were like, they, we were like they disrespected him so hard. He could have just first of all, yeah. nobody knew the, the, the real story. And then, mm. and then, secondly, yeah, nobody gives a fuck how fat he you is. Could have just and in every like, scene, mm. he just gets fatter and fatter. <laughs> and he just falls over. the only thing you keep with you about this guy, who's a real guy, is yeah, he got fat as shit. Mm. Yeah, well, that's okay. it. you know, but like, I look, I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe to godless, godless pagans like you, like you're like, oh, who, who would know Father Stew? But like this, this is a little Easter egg for the fans out there, the the Father Stew heads out there. You know, well, who, like, like who who would question crew. like we have the stew crew. Why I'm part why of the stew it, crew now? You know, like why he's suffering from ALS. Why is he still so chiseled? You know? Mm-hmm. Well I well like I think that he still has it, perfect cheekbones. It's unnecessary because most people who see this movie in earnest, like, they are more likely to believe that Mark Wahlberg really died. That this happened <laughs> to him. This is a recording the last five years of his life. I would say this movie is a a perfect example of how like 
the like myths of the Catholic Church have just gotten so dog shit. Because used to, it used to be about miracles and stuff. And then in this movie, yeah, the he's visited by Mary and Jesus. And Mary's like, you can't die yet. God has a big plan for you. And the oh, that plan, guy was supposed to be Jesus? And then the plan yeah. is the plan is that he gets a 38 BMI. And that's the, <laughs> literally, that's all he does the rest of the movie after that point. Yeah, yeah. He's he's visited by like Lin Manuel Christ. Yeah. Yeah. Who also he's like his face is fucked. It's up like it's for Freddy Krueger Jesus. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I love I love the Christ. I, I we're jumping ahead here, but the Christ scene is awesome because like Christ sees him drink ninety seven beers and is like, by the way, don't drive tonight. And it's like, oh, that has to be a force of the supernatural. That has to be a manifestation of Jesus Christ. <laughs> How else would he know that he would be hit by a car tonight? <laughs> Uh, we we will get to uh, to 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 Father Stu's encounter with, uh, as you said, Cameron Freddy Krueger Jesus. But you know, l- l- let's go through the movie, like you know, from from the beginning. You know, this is a tale. This is like a you know a guy from a hard scrabble background. You know, a former boxer who moves out to L.A. to become an actor and then immediately gets slotted out by Hollywood sickos. We, we can talk <laughs> about that. Uh, but let's just start with okay. I thought it was an interesting choice in this movie to have the very first scene in the movie be a drunk Mel Gibson watching a boy in underwear dance yeah. to Elvis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it doesn't, he, does, uh, he says something about peanut butter sandwiches to him. He see, yeah, he, he says, says he, he warns said, him he's gonna get fat at the beginning. <laughs> no, he warns him he's gonna get sandwiches. He's gonna get constipated. He won't be able oh. to shit. Well, we're, which also if happens. You eat too much, yeah. If you eat too much peanut butter. You will get constipated like Elvis did. So you got to eat vegetables. No, it's a, yeah, the he opening scene. a vegetable. It is, 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 it. <laughs> it's a premonition. I love the lore of Father Stu. Yeah. Uh, the very first scene of the movie is, you know, Father Stu as a child uh, dancing in his tidy whities to Elvis in front of his dad, played by Mel Gibson, who's just like firmly planted in like a barca lounger just like polishing off his 12th course light of the night sucking back a pack of marlboro reds and he's just going you ain't shit you'll never be shit if you don't eat vegetables you'll never shit again boy <laughs> and then and then you know and then, and then it jumps ahead in time and then we see you know father stew as a, a rough unfinished young man who's trying to make a go of it as you know a boxer you know and like and, and it's, this is the first of many uh like the first of many incidents of brain damage being inflicted on him before he decides to become a priest. Yeah, the, yeah, the very first it's... shot we have of Wahlberg is him punching a black guy. Yeah, yeah. it's literally yeah. a montage of him beating up guys of different ethnicities. Yeah. Just brutally. Yeah. Do you think, Do you think? okay, maybe if, uh, if, if woke PC culture didn't uh, step in, do you think those would have all been white guys? <laughs> <laughs> I think that the boxing is like, both the least important part of the story but the most important thing towards getting this movie made like I, I i don't think Wahlberg does this if the character doesn't have a boxing backstory and i think like if you made a movie where Wahlberg has to play muhammad atta he would do it if you like made up a story where he was in golden glove <laughs> <laughs> It's like well, like if he could pretend to be a boxer, he'll play any character in the world. Uh, see, you, I think boxing is very important to this movie too, Felix, because I think like you know the, for the people who made it, Mel Gibson, his girlfriend, Mark Wahlberg, and the Holy Spirit, <laughs> the the sort of the the existential question or, or problem 
that this movie seeks to address, I truly believe, is what does the church have to offer heterosexual men? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and, yes. and this is sort of a fear. This is an unspoken fear in the movie. And it's why Father Stu is an inspirational story. Because it's like, oh, here's a guy who's not a pussy or so deep in the closet, he, you know, you can find ice skates back there with him, uh, that he can come to Christ and become a priest and do the rituals and say the words. And it has something to offer guys who initially become Catholic because they're trying to get pussy. Yeah. Wait, say which words, because this is a Wahlberg movie. <laughs> <laughs> the good he does. Wahlberg does overcome, or Father Stu, I mean, he overcomes so many gay guys who attack him emotionally yeah. in this movie. Yeah. Every, every villain in this movie is gay. Yeah. Like, the, first, the first scene when he's going into the fucking grocery store or whatever, and he just immediately is like, like he gets checked out by a trans woman. He's like, uh, what? <laughs> That got a big laugh in the theater I was in in New Hampshire. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, y- young Stu, uh, like you know, we we see a montage of him um, uh, 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 legally assaulting uh, other 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 races of people in the boxing ring. But you know, uh, he, he he beats them. He, he has he has his victories against uh, uh, other races. But unfortunately, his boxing career is cut short because. Some bitch ass doctor says if you keep doing this, it's gonna kill you. Because he's like, yep. you're, you're, it's like uh, Stu, you're you're forty years old. Like uh, you gotta have, you have to stop taking blows to the head. I don't know. He's supposed yeah, to be like Stu's, thirty in the movie. He's supposed to be yeah. thirty, and like honestly, that kind of works. It's like this is a thirty year old. Boxing is bad for you. He does <laughs> not. He looks not a day over fifty in this. Yeah, Stu is a thirty-year-old, forty-nine-year-old prospect and a two hundred seventy-pound, one hundred fifty-six-pound fighter. It's sort of a quantum problem that makes you believe in the miracles of Catholicism. So, boxing career cut short. Uh, his, his mom, played by Jackie Weaver, says, "You know, hey, why don't you get a job on an oil rig?" And he's like, "I can't do that blue-collar bullshit. I'm going to be move to Hollywood and become an actor." You know. As you do, like the only, the only thing, the only thing that's a longer shot than becoming a like a, a championship boxer past your thirties is becoming a a working actor. But you know, Stu, he doesn't want a real job. He wants to be, you know, he wants he wants an easy job. And I, I really think that like early on, like 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 his his desire to be an actor is very much connected to his desire to be a priest. Because let's be honest, he doesn't want a real job. He does not exactly. want. A, he he doesn't want a nine he, to five. Says, I don't want to do some blue collar shit. Yeah, this is the uh, this is the quest to avoid honest work, which I honestly really, really related. To. <laughs> mm-hmm. Where where is this supposed to take place? Because like for the first, I think it's Montana. Yeah, the which first, is what, yeah. which his decision to do like a twangy southern accent is so well, baffling. He said one word that sounded like southern, and I was like, oh, this doesn't take place in Boston. Yeah, <laughs> it really it weirded me out. I'm so used to him doing a Boston accent yeah. that I. I I, see, I still thought it took place in Boston for the first 10 minutes or so. He's like, where the, where the fuck did you put my spittoon? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. His accent, he's attempting a southern accent in Helen Mon- Helena, Montana. But like if evil Eric Elper put a gun to my head and played that voice for me and was like, what region is that accent from? I would say <laughs> lone survivor of a car accident. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he sounds like he's undercover. He does a really bad job of this movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, an- another important thing about Father Stu's backstory is, of course, that uh, the tragic death of his younger brother, 
who he describes as going to sleep to take a nap and never waking up when he was like seven years old. <laughs> so yeah, he they, already has a, a tortured relationship with uh, faith in God, which is demonstrated by him getting drunk, visiting his brother's grave, and then punching a statue of Jesus Christ in the face <laughs> and, 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 and hurting his hand very badly before being arrested for resisting arrest. This is one of many uh, DUIs and resisting arrest charges that Father Stu has to take on his road to uh, you know Golgotha. I love when he like is visiting his bro- his dead brother's grave or whatever. And they show kind of it's like one of those things where it's kind of a flashback, but like he the brother is like t- talking to him or whatever. And I think it's the only thing that the dead brother says in the movie. But he's like, "You're basically better than me in every way. You're the better <laughs> brother." Wrong <laughs> <laughs> kid die. Yeah. yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> Dude, I thought when the Jesus guy shows up at the bar, I thought that was supposed to be his brother. I couldn't what? figure out. What are you? I, what? Well, you are so. What is wrong with you? <laughs> he looks exactly like Jesus. I don't know. I thought it was supposed to be his brother grown up. I couldn't follow this fucking movie at all. Oh my I didn't understand God. a goddamn thing that was happening in this fucking this movie. This is the most straightforward, boring movie I've ever seen. Literally nothing happens. How could you be confused about what was going on? I had a. I told you I had a voodoo ranger. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, this movie is very I in the first five minutes of this movie there are two flashbacks that like really the only reason you would need for them to do flashbacks is to like establish that Stu was once a child it's like a hallmark <laughs> of stupid filmmaking so uh, so yeah, Stu, uh, you know, you know, sort of like against his 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 mother's wishes, who who warns him about going to to Holly Weird, California, because she says it's full of communist fascists and <laughs> and hippie communist fascists, and you know, like you won't fit in there, Stu. But you know, uh, Stu, like you know, like when his doctor says, like if you take another blow to the head, you could die. He's like, fuck that shit. I'm I I never back down from a fight. I, I've been fighting my whole life. I, I'm a, I'm a keep fighting. I'll die fighting. So he takes that same. That same gumption and get all get all out resolve and takes it with him to Hollywood, California to become a movie star. And like I said, he is immediately um, basically uh, me tooed by a uh, a guy who wants him to like I don't know what? hold a sign on Hollywood it's, Boulevard it's an or something. Me too because it's the same thing, the same Mark Wahlberg thing as as he has with nine eleven, where he heard the me too stories and he was like, well, if I was there. <laughs> <laughs> completely differently. That is exactly what it is. Yeah, yeah. And it's yeah, very funny from the point of view of the Me Too guy who's this pencil necked casting director or something. And it's and he's like, Well, what what will you do for the part? And He's not talking to some 19-year-old twink. Like, this is a rough trade-ass looking Mark <laughs> yeah. Wahlberg. Yeah. But you're really rolling the dice here, man. Yeah, a guy way bigger than him. He's yeah, just who, like, has like, uh, who has, like, Puerto Rican guy's blood on yeah. his knuckles. Yeah, also, yeah he like, came in and he was like, oh, yeah, my, my, I'm auditioning because I am, I'm a violent boxer who's killed everybody I fought. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah. So uh, yeah, he stands up. He stands up to Hollywood sickos. But that, uh, and then like, and so like, he he, he buys his time uh, working um, uh, at the at the meat counter of a supermarket. You know, very 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 much. I think a tribute to uh, Mickey Rourke and the wrestler. Indeed, yes. You know. Yeah. He uh, he's he's packing meat for people, um, and that's where he gets his first sort of um, Saul on the road to Damascus moment. He's struck by the blinding light of a really hot Latina. And then he immediately um, begins to like stalk her. 
And uh, the, the way into this woman's heart, of course, like all hot Latinas, is the Catholic Church. And he starts showing up at uh, her church to like ask her on a date. And like that's his first... I mean, I, I interpreted this movie as like him going to like a church on Sunday to try to get a date with this woman is like the first time his character has even heard of Christianity. <laughs> yeah, he's like a he's like a pre-Christian, like pagan savage. Like he was raised under Varg's religion of worshiping trees and Lord of the Rings. <laughs> Was it like uh, uh, like when when one of like the the, the Frankish uh, kings uh, was first told the story of Jesus Christ? Like after he had converted, he was just like, "If I had thirty of my brave Frankish warriors with me, we would have killed the entire Roman Empire." It was the RX nephew thing. Why didn't no one jump out? They, they could have helped him. <laughs> they could have helped him in Jerusalem. And then and this is this is very much Father Stew's attitude. I mean, yeah, he, he, like he's just like you know, uh, he he goes to her because he wants a date. He wants a date. Um, but you know. Uh, his his uh, you know um, his standing up to me too sickos that does not prevent him from getting a nationally televised uh, a commercial spot uh, advertising some sort of mop on, uh, on on television. So you know, like I said, he he's got a can do attitude, and despite his obvious lack of talent and social skills, it's a lesson here. Just like when people tell you no, just just like for a date. Uh, for, for becoming a priest, for being an actor, just keep going with it. Just, just, just don't take no for an answer. And you know, like he he perseveres. He perseveres in getting a date. He perseveres in getting on TV. And eventually, he will persevere in becoming a priest. Yeah, one of my favorite parts when he goes to the to the church for the first time is that he meets a guy named Ham. Yeah, yeah, the first yeah. black guy he's never punched in the face, and yeah. he's, yeah. he become he becomes his closest confidant, closest mm-hmm. confidant. But then, any time that he can in the movie, he brings up the fact that he's black. Yeah, yeah. which is like, dude, he's it's like, way crazier that his name is Ham. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's there's a, a a scene in the movie where they're playing like, oh, I don't know if I'm skipping ahead too much, but they're playing basketball, and he's just like, bro, I'm out of shape, and you're black. <laughs> it is wild he goes when he meets him he goes ham and he's like ham and he's like yeah it's a it's a it's from the bible and it's like yeah that's like the guy who got cursed <laughs> like that's what like slave owners used to claim like well yeah black people are they got the curse of ham on them and he's like yeah Fuck that's ham me. yeah i'm a ham who got cursed <laughs> yeah it is so well, there's one point the hams you couldn't curse <laughs> there's one point later in the movie too where like ham calls somebody and leaves a voicemail on the on the answering machine that's like hey this is ham i like i would i would save that voicemail forever Mark Wahlberg's black friend <laughs> yeah, I've got, these are my black friends these are my black friends hamburger and fries <laughs> oh maybe it was short for hamburger that makes yeah, more sense yeah. Yeah. He's, he's hamburger junior yeah <laughs> <laughs> so basically uh father stew's um indoctrination into the uh the catholic church is at the hands of like i said this uh uh this this nice uh mexican woman who uh he has fallen for and like she's the one that's going to take him into being like a good and but but you know she says her parents can't date anyway you know he, can't, he says she can't date anyone who's not baptized so he's like, I'll do that shit right now. Get the water, you know. <laughs> <laughs> he, he thinks he, he's like, I'll drink the bottle of water right now. I love drink. I love water. I love being hydrated. Give it to me. <laughs> the part where he like meets her family is so awesome, dude. Oh, it's yeah. just it's just like just like the the dad just giving him nothing, dude. But then he has that one magic line 
and he just makes the dad laugh, and you know he's about to eat that girl's pussy. It's so awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the dad is like, you know, where I come from, uh, people crawl on their hands and knees for miles to, like, you know, kiss the feet of the statue of the, the Holy Virgin de Guadalupe or whatever, and, and Mark Wahlberg's zinger to, like, you know, just just put this nice Catholic family at ease that he's not just some ex-boxer wannabe actor shithead who's trying to, you know, uh, desecrate their daughter's uh, purity uh, for his own um, uh, lustful ends, is that he says, it's a good thing my house has carpeting. Mm-hmm. And then it's just like awkward silence, and then the dad's like, ah, you got me! <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. disarmed me completely, Stu. Father Stu really has a way with words. He At one point, I remember he says, I'm not gay and God's not a gangster. And that line really <laughs> stuck with me. <laughs> Stu, Stu has, uh, Stu has like the patter and outward narration of his own life. Very similar to Walt Tremblay of E1. <laughs> uh, it's not all hot Mexican women and, and fun on the road to becoming a Catholic because there are people who stand in your way. And I want to talk about my favorite character in this movie, the antagonist to Mark Wahlberg's hip priest, the gay priest <laughs> and like you know like when, he, when he's trying to be baptized and like join, join the faith and then, and then join the priesthood he is sort of um, uh, beset at every step by this very like kind of persnickety finely combed hair if you know what I'm talking about uh, just sort of like kiss ass wannabe Catholic who, it's like, a Draco know. Malfoy priest <laughs> <laughs> he has he has like he has like perfect porcelain skin, big dick sucking lips. He's a, a clear gay villain. <laughs> and he's a nerd. Like he doesn't have you know, uh Malberg, he's he's just going with it. He's just riding Jesus' vibe, but this guy's over there, he's not playing basketball, he's fucking reading the goddamn yeah. books all the time. And you know, like as as Father Stu says to, 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 to his antagonist, he says, like, even God doesn't like a kiss ass. And it's like, yeah, that's right. Like who 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 are who are God's strongest warriors? Is it the people studying the book all the time, or is it the is it the men who are in the world who 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 have the blood of Puerto Ricans on their hands <laughs> and are seeking to deflower uh, nice Mexican women? The men brave enough to fall over on every single floor and surface yeah. they possibly can. <laughs> brave enough to play to play pickup basketball against a black guy. Man, That's what am. That's exactly what Saul of Tarsus was like, though. He was constantly getting into horse crashes. <laughs> he was he was pursuing a thick, you know, thick by the standards of the first century Jewish woman. Um, he was sort of the father Sue of his time. I think that's what they're implying here. So it, it, it's go it's going well. Uh, it's going well for Father Stu on his road to getting in the pants of this nice Catholic girl. Um, but you know, like yeah, he gives up alcohol for Lent. He gets baptized. He becomes a Catholic. But his first sort of hurdle he has to clear, the first problem is that when he goes to confession for the first time, he doesn't really cotton to it. He, like, he doesn't like the idea of um, you know, uh, asking for forgiveness for things he's done wrong. So he sort of rebels against it. And then after giving up booze for Lent, he immediately goes to a bar and is, like, you know, uh, is just, uh, just downing liquor. And this is where he encounters the, his, his Jesus Christ moment. Where it's like previously, like every person who's talked to him at a bar, he has immediately gotten into a fist fight with. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he gets into what, at the beginning of the movie. He like he fights a guy for what? Just oh yeah, like, and they, oh, they, yeah, does yeah, a yeah. woman talk to him? That was so I, I wrote odd. this. 
I wrote this down. I wrote this down because like the sound mixing in the scene is unusually bad. Like it's worse than in the yeah, rest I couldn't of the understand movie. What the I couldn't understand what yeah, it was yeah, being said. I, yeah. I, I yeah, couldn't understand it, but like, I, I tried to I tried to write down I tried to write down what he says because there's a woman who's kind of implied to be like either a Virgin Mary or Mary Magdalene figure who's nice to him, but she's also implied to be a sex worker and he says something to her um that's like a million guys could play a role, but I bet you're a woman who takes a guy and makes him a dollar. And, like it was something that incomprehensible. I, I had to write it down, like from memory, just because it was like, what the fuck was that? Like the combination of the sound mixing and the accent, and then some other guy like says, like, oh, I bet she could make a dollar because she's a hooker. And Wahlberg beats this shit out of him and is arrested for the like 50th time in 20 also, minutes. That guy who talks to him in the bar talks shit. They like, they like cloak his face in darkness. Like he's going to be like Iron Man at the end of the Hulk movie, but he just, they just, <laughs> he's nobody. They just don't show his face. Yeah. That's very strange choice. They, that honestly is what movie. it's like. It's like they just blacked out his entire face. It was the, they devil. couldn't afford another black actor. so uh yeah so so he he, he's back in the bar again he's he's fallen off the lenten wagon um having a drink and then like the guy sitting next to him at the bar he's got he's sort of he's gaunt he has long hair a beard and you know has some hard miles have been ridden over his face quite literally. Like his, his face looks tattoos like tattoos too. No, his face looks burned. Like he looks like a burn victim or something. It's it's cystic acne, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this teenage Jesus. <laughs> oh God, I hope you. I hope you're gonna study your 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 scriptures. Oh jeez. <laughs> I don't so, know how they let me into the bar. Oh God. <laughs> So uh, the uh, burn victim Jesus is sitting next to him at the bar and then immediately begins like sort of telling him uh, knowing wisdom about his life, about how, you know, like the like like the problem for for tough men is that like, you know, when they're made to when they're held to account for their actions or they're made to ask for forgiveness, the first several times they encounter it, they feel rage and like that's the rage you're feeling now. But like the first time they really like let it into their heart, they feel relief. And then Wahlberg's like, don't talk to me. I'll fucking kill you. <laughs> and then he's just like, okay, all right, just don't drive home tonight. And he's like, yeah, yeah, whatever. And then he's just like, yeah, what the hell was that guy drinking? And the bartender's like, water, brother. Yeah. I really, I needed a line there where, where the bartender's like, like water. And then Mark Wahlberg's like, but it looked like wine or something like that. <laughs> yeah, water. Holy water. Oh, it was Jesus. Oh. Yeah. Look, if he did, he probably wouldn't have gotten in that bike. It's also, true. when did he get a bike? I thought he had like some fucking. He got a bike he, after he can't get in. He got his a bike dad's after car. his car got impounded. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Oh, oh yeah. right. And then he gets he gets into a fight with his dad. Oh yeah, yeah. Fucking... I, I I skipped over that part uh, because he has a DUI and his license has been revoked and his car is impounded. He tries to the first time uh, his dad Mel Gibson reenters his life is when he shows up at the job site he's working at to try to steal his pickup truck, and you know like they have some you know like, this, this is not exactly a very good father and son relationship, and you know really a lot of the emotional heft of this movie is really uh, it's about Mel Gibson. Uh, it's not about. The, uh, the the real father and son here is not God and Jesus Christ. It's Mel Gibson and Father Stu. 
But, you know, rather than um, letting his son be martyred on the cross to redeem the sins of all humanity, uh, Father Mel Gibson won't even let his son take steal his uh, pickup truck to go to an audition. And <laughs> yeah, they get into this argument in the on the job site. And I feel like there is like a dare by the screenwriters to see like how many times they could say retard in a scene. Someone's got to do it. Mel Gibson's <laughs> character says retard quite a bit in this movie. He, yeah, he's, he's, he's a, he's a surly, he's a surly old man. You know, he, he doesn't suffer fools lightly. And you know, he, you know, he just, he, 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 all he wants to do is just work a job and then come home every night to his trailer and get blackout drunk by himself watching, like Milton Burl reruns. Yeah, what the fuck? What the fuck? <laughs> How does he still have like it's supposed to take place in like ninety five, but he's watching like a black and white TV still? Like, not just watching no a black and white sense. TV. They so, he's they watching like TV a... signals from the nineteen fifties are still being <laughs> yeah. transmitted to his he's trailer. On, his trailer's on Mars, and they're just now getting those. <laughs> they sold him. They sold him a special TV that only broadcasts things before Plessy versus Ferguson. <laughs> 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 They're like, oh, we, oh, you're looking for the racist TV, okay. <laughs> um, so he doesn't get his dad's pickup truck, and uh, his own car has been impounded out of no, just seemingly he stole someone else's motorcycle. He's, uh, you know, as one does, uh, riding a motorcycle home, blinded, drunk after encountering Jesus Christ in a in a bar. And what do you think happens? Yes, that's right. Uh, a fucking uh, hardcore, hardcore motorcycle accident he goes over the hood of a car rolls about 30 yards and then another car drives over him just, <laughs> just so crazy just dude. ragdolls his fucking body oh, when that happened in the theater i was so i was caught so off guard and i laughed so hard that i literally involuntarily flew through my phone into the air and it like flipped <laughs> in the, the theater it was i was losing my mind it was crazy so he's uh he's lying on the asphalt you know, like just fucking like half the bones in his body shattered, uh, just fucking like in a daze. And and who does, who what does he experience? That's right, a vision of the Holy Virgin Mother caressing his head and saying, "Don't die, Father Stu. There's still so much more you have left to do. There, there's still so many more DUIs you can get." <laughs> um, and yeah, like this is this is his, you know. This is the real come to Jesus because you know up until now he had just been getting baptized to like get laid. But now, now that he's been, now that he's like, yeah, like had an, uh, a serious life-threatening accident, then he's like, ah, like, ah, oh, uh, the Catholic light goes off in his head. But not before he does deflower his girlfriend and desecrate uh, her vows to the church in front of God. And, but to be fair, it was her who pushes it on him. And he feels bad afterward. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's got to go confess it. And that's his first true confession is like, he feels, he feels guilty for letting his girlfriend have sex with him because, you know, he wants to marry him. And, that confession you know. seems more like a brag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like St. Augustine's confessions. <laughs> yeah, he's like, he's like, yeah, let me tell you about the wild, dope-ass life I had in, in, in Hippo before yes. I found God. I was like, dude, you know, St. Augustine, he got so much pussy. Before giving yeah, it Saint all, Augustine, up. Saint Augustine was doing Eiffel towers nineteen hundred years before they built the Eiffel Tower. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite. Day, I had to one read. Day they're going to build something to, to memorialize this. 
<laughs> I like that. I this is an aside, but um, Augustine, you know, the closest real life figure to Father Stu. He's there's a lot of stuff about him fucking. Like he fucks several married women, and then he's like, and then the worst thing, I saw these pears on a tree, and I just took them. <laughs> Confessions is a great book. Uh, and that's actually the next up for Mel Gibson, Mark Wahlberg, and uh, Mark, Mel Gibson's girlfriend. It's uh, the Augustine hippo <laughs> origins. Yeah, I mean, any way that they can do like just dirty grandpa but make it Catholic, I think they will. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, uh, so Father Stu has been, you know, humbled both physically and spiritually, and. After he fucks his hot Mexican girlfriend, who he, this is really he's been trying to for half the movie, he feels guilt for maybe the first time in his life, and he confesses his sin, and then he and then he like, okay, I, I father, Carmen, I killed the pussy too good. <laughs> <laughs> I truly, I mean, okay, the movie is about Father Stew's, you know, his his Christ-like tribulations on the way to becoming a priest and all the things that he had to suffer to you know come to Jesus Christ. I truly think the person who suffered most in this movie is Carmen, the girlfriend oh, character. Oh, man, she gets Absolutely. so bad. Because, like, not only did she, um, you know, sin before God and have had, had sex with her boyfriend before marriage, only, you know, with, with the, you know, classic Catholic girl strategy of, you know, giving him a little taste, but just be like, you know, once you bought in, you really got to, now you got to marry me. But, like, this is what you have to look forward to. So just, you got to, a little give and take here, you know. Free sample. So we, yeah, he takes her out to a nice lunch, and he's like, "This is the this is, where, this is the first place you ever told me you believed in me." And she's like, beaming. She's like, "Yes, this is why you brought me here. All right, gonna see that ring." And then he's like, "I gotta tell you something. I'm be, I'm thinking of becoming a priest. I'm joining the priesthood." She's like, <laughs> "What? You motherfucker! <laughs> you absolute piece of shit! You fucking you worm your way into my fucking pants with this religious devotion, and now you're gonna use that same religious devotion to just I don't know deflower me, throw me in the gutter, and take a fucking vow of celibacy <laughs> for the rest of your life, you fucking asshole!" And then he's just like, "It's hot for me too. <laughs> Trust me." <laughs> but yeah, no, uh, Carmen, God, really, just uh, she, she, she is the, she is the one she is the one who most nobly suffers well, in this movie. Stu is Stu becomes a priest to try and escape her. Well, that's what I say. It has to be that because they don't. Besides the accident, they don't show him having like any actual like spiritual connection or like yeah, like kind it's of either, reason either, to become a priest. So it's he, either brain damage or a, or to he, escape he's the trying girl. to get away from this bitch so yeah. hard. I think it has to be that. Yeah. Because he didn't, he didn't, he didn't. I don't think there. I don't think that Stu knew that that was Jesus. I think he was just thought it was an ugly guy. No, I don't he, think he, he, knew yeah. that he was having a spiritual. And he thought experience. he thought Mary was like the fucking the the mango stand lady. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They There's, do make the mango. There, Mary look exactly <laughs> like like Carmen though. Uh. I don't think they do. I did not notice that either, Patrick. Yeah, mm. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Maybe I was just tired. Mm. I'm sure it was you being tired. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, obviously, his uh, near-death experience and now uh, newfound religious devotion, uh, this is also you know, an excuse for his uh, parents to get um, sort of uh, reintroduced to his life. His mother, Jackie Weaver, who, you know... 
she she's a she's a realist, you know. She she's 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 a, she's a woman with some hard hard won wisdom, and she she views religion as like you know, uh, you know that it's it's people's personal choice or whatever. But like you know, th- 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 these are fairy tales. These are fairy tales, Stu. You're an adult, and you know, like, and do you really not want to get pussy for the rest of your life? Come on, man. And then I don't know, like, how, how does do you remember how like how Mel Gibson reacts to to his um. His his religious uh, conversion and 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 his desire to join the priesthood. They give yeah yeah in a bunch of like Ron Swanson Reddit type speeches where he's like, oh that's uh that's all this that's the religion's all bullcrap blah 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 like everything that they say like Father Stu and his dad say to each other sounds like uh it, it's like some like Reddit guy trying to like write dialogue. It's good. At one point, <laughs> at one point, I believe he says to Stu. He's like, uh, like the world is full of fruits and nuts. So, like, what's one more in the mix or something like that? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. he speaks in like idioms. Like he's supposed to be like extremely, extremely wise. Yeah, he speaks like he's reading uh, a Facebook post off his phone at the dinner table. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, and then also, uh, uh, the, the 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 film makes it very clear that um, Papa Stew, Mel Gibson. In addition to being a construction worker and an alcoholic and an angry driver, does carry a gun with him everywhere, and it's it's in the glove compa- glove box of his pickup truck. And then he uh, gives the gun to Mark Wahlberg after he tells him he's going to become a priest. And he said, uh, "Rather than disgrace me and your brother, why don't you do what you've always wanted to do and just kill me right now?" <laughs> I mean, yeah, if anything, he's acting like a Jewish mother, not an alcoholic <laughs> yeah. father. He's just just why don't you kill me? Why don't you kill me like you killed your brother at becoming a priest? <laughs> what, I, what, what's wrong with you? Why, why couldn't you be a doctor? Why couldn't you have gone to med school? <laughs> you just reminded I forgot about the angry driver thing. There's a scene near the beginning with, with Mel Gibson in the car, and he like, he like monologues. He he like a, a truck driver like cuts him off or something, and then he monologues <laughs> yeah, he, through his open car window to a kid, and it's like you know it's these damn truck drivers that are making problems for like well intentioned drivers so, like it's me. So clearly clear that Mel Gibson had that happen to him in his life and told his girlfriend. <laughs> we like, have to put that in the can movie. Can we just have like something like truckers? We got to talk about this in the movie. <laughs> so, I'm, finally, a movie taking a stand he against truckers. Yeah, rick ass like '90s uh, cell phone. To call the number on the back of the truck to report the the driver's uh, behavior. Yeah, which, yes, that's, yeah. that's something that absolutely Mel Gibson has done. It's so awesome, dude. What does yeah. he say too? Like he's would, reading would... off the he's reading off like the thing on the back, and it's like, yeah, the uh, the 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 number is a jabroni, yeah. uh, dumbass, let's be in three. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would give. I would give anything to hear the recordings of Mel Gibson's messages to the How's My Driving line. Oh, my God. Just fucking like just breathing, shrieking, screaming racial slurs. Mel, you know, say what you want about Mel. He knows how to give movie. You know, Mm -hmm. he he gives movie in this movie. You know, like uh, he he's the angry dad. And I, I, I hope. I hope it will carry on in the extended Father Stew extended cinematic the universe. universe. The Stew universe. Yeah. universe, yeah. I will say I was hoping, and seeing it was Mel Gibson and Mark Wahlberg, I was hoping for a little bit more like late career Clint Eastwood like crazy shit. But the movie's just mm. so boring. Yeah, I was hoping for it's a gunfight. After the after the car crash and the Jesus thing, I assumed it was going to become one of those movies where he like becomes friends with Jesus and like keeps seeing Jesus and like talking to him all the time. I was like, oh, this is going to be sick. But then awesome. he just got fat and died. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> 
if if you kept seeing Jesus and hanging out with him, that would have been a Protestant movie. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And Catholic, I mean, you, you only get the rare opportunity to see Jesus or his mom after a fucking van has driven over you or you're about yeah. to be hit by a car. <laughs> yeah, you can't go to no. Dave and Buster's with Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, after Father Stu uh, breaks his nice girlfriend's heart, uh, breaks his mother and father's heart, you know, he, he rejects, you know, he, uh, like I said, you know, like, uh, like as Jesus Christ commanded you, you know, you have to re- reject your family to, 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 to be one of my disciples. And he certainly does that and his nice girlfriend. And he applies to uh, the seminary. For which like he is becoming a Scientologist. You have, to, <laughs> you have to cut out all the negative people in your life that, <laughs> yeah. that are telling you this is a bad idea. Uh, yeah, he applies to the seminary and is, of course, immediately rejected. But do you think that lets, does that stop him? No, he storms right into the seminary's a seminary admissions office and confronts the head of the diocese, played by the crusty Malcolm old McDowell. Senior, yeah, Malcolm McDowell. It's and, so sick the roles Malcolm McDowell has picked after I, like it's crazy. After <laughs> Clockwork Orange in 1972, yeah, he's <laughs> just kind of coasted on that. Like it's like yeah, he's a good actor and everything, but then like everything he's in is just like some sci-fi movie where he is the highest paid actor. And then, like, shit like yeah. this. When your other high point is Rob Zombie's Halloween remake, that's yeah. it's, it's rough. <laughs> so, the Monsignor, played by Malcolm McDowell, like, uh, you know, Stu storms into the office, and he's just like, he's like, I see what's going on right here. God is testing me. You're testing me. You're trying to see my resolve? He's like, I'm, again, talking about, like, I never, I never back down from fighting a black guy, a Puerto Rican guy. I'll fight a Chinese <laughs> guy. If you want me to, I'll do anything for God. And then, like, you know, Malcolm McDowell is like, uh, it says here you're a uh, multiple felon. Um, <laughs> I don't think this is the best advertisement for the Catholic Church. And then what does Stu say? I, he, totally right. He's like, maybe this is the best advertisement for the Catholic Church because, you know, what you're putting out there right now, it's like the gay priests. It's a bunch of ass-kissing fucking fairies who are, you know, that they're, not, they're not bringing in the common man to the church anymore. And then they're like, Pfft. and then he's like, look, if you really, you know, if you're so convinced I'm going to wash out, then what what harm is there in letting me have a try at it? And then he's like, you know what? Let's let's see what happens here, you know. And then and then I, I like that like the sort of college scenes of the movie is sort of like Revenge of the Nerd. It's like sort of like a slobs versus snobs yeah. thing. Oh like, wait, you're my <laughs> roommate. Oh, yeah. I'm my roommate's a gay guy. Oh. <laughs> he's up at like two a.m. ringing bells or some shit. Yeah, yeah. he's practicing his bell ringing. That's tech. his homework. That he, his homework. Him. His yeah. homework is figuring out how to how to move a bells back and forth, <laughs> and he's keeping the gay guy up all night with it. Look, I'm going to ring these fucking bells all night until I fucking get it. All right? You're not going to make me stop He's fucking ringing these bells. Rolls yeah. Yeah. It's the scene. It's the fucking uh, the Catch-22 scene from Boogie Nights where he's just like starting. He's like, look, I got to ring these fucking bells, okay? <laughs> so, you know, everyone, you know, everyone thinks he's going to fail. Everyone thinks he's going to wash out of seminary school, even though basically to become a priest yeah like what is it like you have to get really good at knowing how to ring a bell and then like wearing a fucking costume and handing out crackers to people i mean i suppose there's some reading too you know because he gets more he gets more adept at you know quoting scripture to um deftly uh disarm the concerns of everyone who's like you know why is this brain damaged felon um trying to become a priest (laughs) 
I don't know. Does he ever actually quote scripture? It seems like he just sort of riffs. He's just doing like little improv riffs about how cool Jesus is. He'll read, he's one line, he'll read one line and then just be like, yeah, you know, everyone thought Jesus sucked at first, but he was actually awesome. Maybe he's not quoting scripture, but he's he's referencing it. He's he's pulling some deep cuts out to like, you know, sort of. Yeah. yeah like I said, yeah. Uh, <laughs> sort of uh, d- definitely sort of brush aside the concerns of everyone who's like, he's like yeah, Leviticus 20. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he does the th- he d- he he does the the thing where he's like he walks out in front of all the people and he's like, "Yeah, Jesus is bad." And everyone's like, "What?" And he's like, "Badly needed." And everyone's like, "That's crazy." <laughs> yeah, yeah. His his debut in front of uh in front of the 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 parish. And I I got to I have to return again to the suffering of Carmen, the former girlfriend. Could you imagine fucking uh giving up your virtue? To some shithead, brain damaged Xboxer wannabe actor, who then dumps you, and then on Sunday you have to see his ass give like a fucking sermon in front of you about about the about the importance of forgiving others, and not just oh that. my he, god, he yeah, rushes. <laughs> oh, he just yeah. he, yeah. It's he, like full yeah. Bernie Mac. <laughs> it's so fucking good. He's grabbing his nuts. He's like, you ever notice when black guys get hit in the head, they do this? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> when they go to when they go to the when they go to like do Catholic church in prison, they do yeah they do the classic thing where it's like oh the virginal priest is not going to get through to yeah. these hardened mm-hmm. convicts. But when Wahlberg gets up there and he's like, "Have you ever let me get down to your guys's level? Have you ever heard the word of God from a guy who's been hit by fifty cars?" Yeah. <laughs> and there is one motherfucker like, yes. I'm scared of. It's God. <laughs> yeah. But you know, like uh, wh- when he gets up in front of the people, whether you know he's the king, the king of homilies, <laughs> and when he's in front of the people, uh, you know he connects with them. Like you know, there's the crotchety old guy who's like, "Amen." You know, when he's like, he's like, "No matter, no matter how bad you've done in your life, you know, God is there to forgive your sins." And but you know, if you don't forgive others, he's not going to forgive you. That's the deal. And then like the people connect with it. The 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 Martin McDowell's his gamble paid off. He's got a man of the people who's willing to speak to the people about the message of the Gospels. And it's working. It's working great. He's, he's, like, he's on the road to becoming like possibly the coolest priest of all time until God gives him yet another and his biggest challenge yet while playing pickup basketball against a black guy and, and, and beating him, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> um, the last miracle. <laughs> <laughs> What's happening? Like He falls down. And then they're like, okay, like, you know, like, hey, we'll just get back up. No, he falls down again and again. His legs don't work anymore. Time to go back to the hospital. But this time, it's not simply a matter of being having a car run over you. No, this time there are certain things that even doctors can't heal. This being an incurable ALS-like disease of which it's like, you know, uh, has basically never existed in someone under the age of 70 and they're like, yeah, you have about three months before you can't shit or eat food. And he's like, <laughs> he's not trying to hear that, you know? Yeah. Um, Something that anybody without like motorcycle uh, induced brain damage would take as a curse from the devil. He takes it as like a, a true sign from God. Yeah. Well, yeah. What I thought about this is that this is like, you know, here, this is a, a 
a a young innocent forty year old man who's been who's been um creeped on by a, a pervert Hollywood sicko and he tries to become a Catholic priest and and God rightfully strikes him down before he can continue the cycle of abuse. <laughs> He's saving his children. <laughs> I mean, okay, like one of the first things the doctor tells him is that he can't swallow. <laughs> yeah, and he can't, or, or uh, it doesn't affect be getting erect, though. It's the yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, he can top a Hollywood sicko, and that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just like, oh, uh, the muscles you need to put on a maid outfit, well, you'll never be able to use them again. So, I mean, but is he gonna let is he gonna let this diagnosis stop him? No. He, he didn't let brain damage stop him. He didn't let a car accident stop him. He didn't let deflowering his girlfriend and then ditching her to become a priest stop him. He's not going to let this stop him. So, you know, right before uh, his motor functions really start to go and he gets fat as hell, he, you know, he, he goes to his dad's trailer and, you know, like he, he has another sort of father and son moment of just sort of, uh, of reaching out because he's like he's, he's trying to help his dad because he can see that his dad is an angry guy who's had a hard life and has been fighting throughout all of it, that he needs the love of Jesus Christ too, even though that he feels so far away from God's love in his absolutely squalid depression hole that he lives in. Um, and then from there... with the gun in his hand too? <laughs> like the first bo- shot of Mel Gibson in that is like him on the floor with a gun and a beer in his hand. Yeah, just liquor bottles everywhere, gun in hand, looking at a photo of his dead kid and then soon-to-be-dead kid and just thinking... Where did it all go wrong? How could God? How could, how could God do this to me? Um, so yeah, uh, I, I, I think from there, it's like in one scene. Like I don't even know how much time elapses, but it, it, like it goes from Mark Wahlberg like still standing and talking to his dad in the trailer, and then the next scene he's like fat as hell. Yeah, he's like he's fat as hell walking with crutches, and that's when he goes to the prison and spits truth to like these hardened you know rapists and killers who, you know he. he He's, he connected, as Felix, you said, he connects with them on their level because he's like, you know, do you think God cares if you're a piece of shit? We're all pieces of shit. He's like, if you pick up the phone to talk to your wife, she's probably banging some other guy. Your kids, they probably wish you were dead. But God, <laughs> you can call him anytime. And these guys it's are like, like wow, the, damn. He, he's talking to them like like Larry Miller's hostage negotiator character from Best in Show. Where it's like, he goes in and he's like, I will fucking gouge your eye out with this thumb. I shit you not. Yeah, he's like, shit, if my legs worked, I'd probably be in the bloods and the crips as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is after like he goes there with his roommate, the gay priest, and like the gay priest is like he walks through those doors and he's he's shook as hell, and then he gets yeah. up there and he's like, uh, uh, God uh, commands us to shine light into the darkest places, and then like immediately they're like dark. What you mean? Because we're black or because yeah. we're scary or yeah, whatever? No, and he's like, like out of place uh, little, racial humor. <laughs> yeah. A little bit of both. A little bit yeah. of column A. A little bit of column B. And then, you know, that's where his father, Stu, takes over and, like, you know, yeah. he, ra- he raps with these hardened fellows. Yeah, father Stu, yeah, the, 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 the gay priest has a, does a misstep by using the word dark or black or whatever, and father Stu's like, no, I know, how, I know how to handle black people. I beat one in basketball. I can do this. <laughs> um, and, yeah, from there, it's just, uh, like you said, the last quarter or so of this movie is, uh, ooh, it's, uh, it's quite a slog, but it's basically his... Uh, disease progresses and uh you know ravages his body and then worst of all 
Malcolm McDowell says you you can't be a priest. Like the, the diocese is worried that you're going to like drool on the communion wafers and fall <laughs> down, and you're just you know you're you know you're not you're not you're not projecting strength here. You know, like pe- pe- people they want to come to church, they want to feel they want to feel like exalted. They want to they want to forget their humdrum existence, and they're not going to do that if there is some priest in a wheelchair who can't like you know <laughs> wipe his own ass up there uh, t- talking to them. And he's like, uh, you know, he's like, he, he could not be, could not be any lower, you know. And he's like, he's he's on his knees in the church, and he's like, why, why God? And then Mel Gibson, you know, he comes after Ham calls Mel Gibson. <laughs> Mel Gibson comes to the church and like, you know, picks him up off the, the the floor which he which he's been like, you know, prostrated himself at for for days or whatever, scoops him up and takes him back home to Boston, Massachusetts. I'm sorry, Helena, Montana. Takes him <laughs> Boston, Montana. In Boston, Montana. He takes him home to Boston, Montana to, you know, to, to be with family in the, you know, waning, waning years of his life. And, you know, they're, they're, in, they're, they're in big sky country. And, you know, he thinks like, damn, I guess I'm never going to be a priest. And then his dad puts on a tie and he's like, son, I'm taking you to church. I'm going to get you to church on time. The car breaks down. There's no phone number for him to call and leave a expletive-filled tirade. Um, so he so he breaks out the wheelchair and he pushes him to the low, the the one Catholic church in the entire state of Montana. I would imagine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then he's like he's like and then who's at the church? Carmen. Carmen is there dressed in all white and he's like he's like oh what do I get to marry her now? And they're like no, you're marrying the church. Yeah, they wheel him in there, and Malcolm McDowell is there, and he's like, "I talked to the diocese; they've agreed to ordain you as a priest." And it's like they just won't just... let you anywhere near the communion wave. <laughs> <laughs> so this is the real, this is the real emotional, you know, climax and catharsis of the movie. And then you know, like uh, he's he's in the he's in the the the, the vestments of the priest; he's been ordained. And now he can finally take confession. And who does he take confession from? The gay priest. The gay priest confesses the sin, not of being gay, but of never really wanting to be a priest in the first place and feeling envy, feeling the sin of envy because he looked at, you know, he looked at Father Stu, who had every reason to stop being a priest and really no reason to be a priest in the first place, but it never let him stop, that, he never let that stop him from becoming ordained and becoming a man of God. And then, of course, Mark Wahlberg, he gives him like a, like a, a necklace of, 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 of Joseph. The, oh, the, the same one he got before he goes into surgery. Yeah. He gives him a necklace devoted to Joseph. <laughs> Not the stepdad, the dad who stepped up. And he said, imagine, <laughs> imagine how Joseph must have felt being the second most important dad ever you know, and never, never get any credit for it. So pray on Joseph while you uh, continue to, uh, I don't know, not want to be a priest and struggle with your own that <laughs> sexual is an identity. Awful, that's an awful scene because it was real. I, I could feel that every like man in the audience turned to their girlfriend and was like, he's going to say he's gay now. Like, I, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's such a, like, it's, it's a, uh, they teed it up perfectly and they just, yeah. yeah. I feel like yeah. that was something where they put, they had to ADR out the, the gay yeah. confession <laughs> yeah. at the last second. <laughs> 
I, I was on a missionary trip to Germany and I got into Bergheim. <laughs> well, they just I was, so, I was so attracted to you, Father Stu. Yeah, I couldn't like, that's help what myself. I was... That's why I was trying to tear you down. I needed I to stop being be a priest a, so I could marry you. A continuation of Mark Wahlberg's like like uh, super straight, awesome Catholic guy fantasy where he's like, yeah, even gay guys think I'm hot. But yeah. instead, it, it, he just says nothing, dude. The, the yeah, last the, the, act the, of this movie is really like, they're the, really struggling for something because they in real life the real father Stu he was he 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 died like 1 second after the movie ended. yeah like almost immediately i heard that the original the original confession scene was that the the gay priest confesses to being gay and then and then boiling hot oil starts filling the confession <laughs> <laughs> like a saw trap they say we got him, and then Father yeah. Stu hits a button. <laughs> Father Stu was not sick at all. Yeah, yeah. it was just sting operation. I was never even a boxer. I was always a, a priest. I've always been the greatest actor of all time. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, I, I guess the like little coda to the movie is uh, Mel Gibson in AA. You know, after after a life of being angry at God and not believing in Him, he's finally admitted that uh, he needs help. And, uh, you know, he's, uh, his son wants him to get baptized. And, like, the last scene you see is Mel taking the first step on the road to recovery, and he's got the rosary in his hand. You know, and, like, and through, through, through the help of Jesus, he's going he's gonna to stop drinking. Um, uh, so, yeah, and, then, and then, then, then we see the real Father Stu in the credit sequence, you know. I can tell you, he got his, yeah, this, his ass is dead. But yeah, he I mean, he, his, he really needed to live, like, first. 15 more years for this movie to be, have an ending. But yeah. he did. He yeah. was a, he was a priest. He was ordained, and then he was an active priest for like a year and a half. And then he got too good at being on the floor, and they had to move him to a, a permanent <laughs> a permanent floor in Montana. And he was on the floor until he died. Yeah. Oh fuck! I just remembered. There's like a li- there's a Billy Madison Sunday School scene in this. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. I oh, forgot yeah. about that. He talks yeah. to kids about porno. Yeah, he talks to kids about porn and sex, and then it's implied that he's been going to Sunday school with like Mexican <laughs> children. Yeah, for a yeah, week. yeah. They're like nine years old, and he's learning. He's learning about about Lent with them. Yeah, <laughs> and teaching them about pornos. Because like one of the kids, he's like, he's like, I'm going to give up alcohol for Lent, and then the kids like, you should give up something that you really like. Like my dad gave up porno. And then he's like, "Oh, like your your mom should give up sex and, and see how your dad." And then and then Carmen's like, "Nope, nope, nope. Next lesson, everybody op- open their Bibles." And yeah, no, the, yeah, you're right. It was a a great Billy Madison scene where he's he's learning about God with a seven year old. If 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 giving up peeing your pants for Lent is cool, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. So. Uh, uh, that's Father Stu. I mean, did it, did I forget any scenes in the movie or were there any other moments that uh, stood out to you guys? I, honestly, I can't remember. Be- te- <laughs> terrible yeah. movie. Needed more. Needed more Fast and Furious car crashes. Needed yeah. more Charla Nash Jesus. Needed just more <laughs> more stuff going on across the board. Boring as fuck. Uh, the the really old one, the old guy who sat near us in the theater when we saw it fell asleep like three minutes in and was asleep the whole and time he, except <laughs> for one point where he raised his hands in the air like this. which I, at the time I thought he was praising the Lord but now I realizing he was waking up from a nap like a cat and he was, yeah, he was stretching <laughs> his arms all the way up 
No, he caught the Holy Ghost. What are you talking about? <laughs> no, he he like he was sleeping during the diagnosis scene and was like, oh, wait, did that happen to me? <laughs> make sure I could still like move my arms. Uh, yeah, just just an excruciating, excruciating movie. Uh, as, as we said at the beginning, Catholic filmmaking is about a billion times more pretentious than the Protestant variety. I um. I don't think a Catholic can ever make Assassin's 32 AD, but mm-hmm. um, I'm I'm glad to be done with it. Um, I do have I have some non-Father Stew related business, but it's still a call from the Lord, similar to what Stew faced. Uh, Mary Newman, Illinoisans may know her of Illinois' third district, is in trouble. Uh, she voted against the Iron Dome and. They started an ethics investigation on her over some bullshit. I won't try to summarize it after summarizing Father Stew. That's just too much information for everyone to take in. But she needs donations. She needs help. She is one of the few like good uh, congressional reps. And Illinois always needs more of them. So please help out Mary Newman if you are so inclined. Uh, Felix, send me the donation link and I will put in the show description. Absolutely. All right. Well, uh, gang, that that does it for another another trip to the movies, another trip to church, the church of cinema. And, you know, like uh, this is this is another wonderful entry into the film canon, the Chapo film canon. It's Father Stu, everybody. Um, oh, and then pot about list. You boys are about yeah, to go we on the some road. Church for you guys to attend. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. Right. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah uh, speaking of Illinois, we're going on a tour. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can get. What to make us feel like assholes for plugging our tour now? Yeah, Felix? <laughs> I'm, no, I think they're co-equal. Like I, you guys both voted against the Iron Dome. Oh <laughs> yeah, and they're after us too. So go to swagpoop.com/slash/shows. Yeah, Philadelphia, DC, Richmond, Atlanta, Fort Worth, Austin, L.A. San Francisco, Chicago. Come check wow. us out. Wow. And Please. Israel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, no. We're going to Israel. Uh, it's a June show. Patrick is going um, to Israel doing a one-man show about his yeah. relationship with the faith. Well, I'm going there on birthright. <laughs> I earned catch it. Catch him there. After seeing Father Stu, I want to convert. <laughs> <laughs> to Judaism? Yeah. <laughs> All right, gang. We are Chapa Trap House. Thanks again to Pot About List for uh, joining us today and, and, and seeing this movie. Thank you. Yeah, thank you guys. <laughs> of course. <laughs> uh, that's, that does it for today's show. Cheers, everybody. Right. Bye. 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 I appreciate Dime for the hip priest. Dime.